0: This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Wednesday, April 10th, 2019. My guest is the extraordinary Vlad Savov.
1: Hi, Vlad, how are you? Hello, Miriam. It's a pleasure for me to be with you, and therefore, I'm in a terrific mood. Oh, you're sweet. You're kind. Uh, that's
0: great. Listen, I um. Haven't talked about phones in a couple of weeks. Last week, we had a special electric vehicle episode because, you know, I believe that mobile devices can be the things you step into, right? And as you know, most modern cars, at least EVs, are kind of like computers on wheels. So we talked about that with Nikki, and I want to get in cracking on phones because we have a lot of phone news to cover. Um, You are at The Verge, so you cover a lot of phones. You're a bit of an audiophile like I am, and you're a bit of a camera file like I am. So we have a lot to chat about. You just, I mean, you, I am just you, basically, apart, apart oh, from the car stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, we're very different, but we are we have a lot of kind of similar interests, and we've podcasted together back in the days of Engadget Mobile Podcast. For those people who didn't know this and you know have been listening to this show but didn't know about the old show, should check out the archives. Um, so I reviewed to a phone, and you reviewed a phone, and I figure we can spend a bit of time on each, uh, let's start with the LG G8 ThinQ to get it out of the way, yeah. because it's uh, very meh. Um, but then I kind of also want your thoughts, because you probably don't have one, but you've probably kind of like been following.
1: I don't know. Maybe I, I you do haven't. as it happens. And I think that's going to be the benefit. We could, you've reviewed one, I've reviewed the other, but I think both of us have experience with both phones. So oh, we so can you talk do have one. Great. From awesome. an informed position. So it, listen, people
0: know what I think, because they've probably read my review on uh, Geekspin dot co but um what what if you had to do an elevator pitch one sentence a uh, headline for this uh, g8 lg what would you say i mean i wouldn't be trying
1: to pitch that in an elevator i would choose another career okay well,
0: <laughs> you, well if you had to describe it in
1: a, in a sentence mm, it's tough um, right it, it is tough I, I think that's tough to do with the uh, majority of phones well okay i'll, I'll I'll indulge myself a little bit more than a sentence. To me, the G8 is a disappointment because um, the basic design of it, the size of it, are really appealing things to me. Um, I agree. One of those minor changes, which again really speaks to me, is the fact that LG has completely eliminated the camera bump and all the cameras on the rear are on the same piece of glass as the back of the phone. And 6.1 inch display, again, very small, very compact. It's a good display. It's a nice, handsome sharp contrast, the OLED display um but then it's what lg does with all of that it's the actual functionality that lets it down right no i agree i think actually it's interesting you mentioned the uh, under the uh, glass
0: uh, rear panel of glass cameras i'm a little concerned It's scored a glass six so it should be pretty good but i'm a little concerned that because it doesn't have a dedicated window as it were uh, yeah. of glass it that it, it might get scratch easier a lot of people are using uh you know, kind of optimizing that glass for scratches rather than cracks. Whereas the, the entire back panel obviously has to be optimized for kind of both. And you know that's those are two contradictory things in the world of glass, right? You either make it No, crack- this is this is a fair point. Right. This it's point. either scratch proof and it or and it cracks easily or it's not doesn't crack easily, but then it's soft and it's
1: you know it's gonna be scratchable, right? And other companies have gone to the extent of putting sapphire glass on their lenses. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, we'll see how this is going to be a wear and tear sort of issue, right? But I mean, other than that, like, I, I kind of agree with disappointing. I said meh earlier. For me, the big thing about the G8 is that it feels like... First of all, it's a very generic and very boring phone. I'm not saying it's an ugly phone. It's beautifully made. The materials are good. The design, you know, the design is just kind of very generic. It looks like an iPhone X from a distance in the front with that notch, although it's not as wide. It's just basically it could be anything. But but and it doesn't stand out like the phones do now with the hole punch or other things, right? And and that's you know even even like the P30 Pro we're going to talk about and the P30 do stand out in a way with their industrial design. It's yeah. not quite as obvious but you look at the details and you see it with the G8 even the details don't stand out so it's just very boring phone and and LG doesn't cannot afford to be boring right now so that's what concerns me and then of course spec wise it's also very generic the thing that I don't understand personally is there's a Korean version of the G8 that also has a telephoto in addition to the wide angle and the regular lens I don't understand why they didn't do that for the U.S. I or the rest of the world in general because I feel like you know, if they're competing in terms of size, 6.1 inch, as I said, as you said, I love that size. It's it's a really nice enhanced size, right? If they want to go with that size, then they're listen, They're pretty much competing with the S10, right? Now, the S10 has three cameras in the back. And, you know, there are two Korean companies here. They're fighting each other, right? Basically. So I'm thinking, why didn't you put that third camera in the back? At least you'd be spec parity at that point, right? Kind of. But well,
1: they didn't. Well, here's the thing. I think when we start to ask these questions uh they're quite unfair right because the company isn't here to speak for itself like we're kind of asking the ether why didn't you do this why don't you do that and having just published a review myself and feeling a bit sensitive to user comments uh, which are like uh so you showed us examples of the p30 pro at x at regular Zoom and then at 5X Zoom and 10X and 24 and 32, but there was none at 2X and now I'm super disappointed. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, well, right. So, so it's just, what I'm saying is um, when you're reading a review, you might have really specific requirements and expectations, etc. And as, and as much as I try and satisfy those as a writer, I won't be able to satisfy everyone. Right. And, and it's the same uh, situation with companies. They want to, satisfy as many users as possible, appeal to as many users as possible, but at the same time, they have trade-offs. Now, having been at MWC, LG did a briefing regarding the G8 there. Yeah. It kind of seemed like the third lens on the rear was um, not so much an afterthought, but it was kind of a late addition. Uh, it, it seemed like in Korea there was just really strong demand, and maybe to your point about you know um, spec parity with the Galaxy devices, LG just felt like okay, we, we need to get this extra camera in there. Can we do it? And then somebody else said, um, we can, but we can't do it globally. We can only focus on one market. And but that's, said, that's my point. It's market. like, I
0: don't care about what decisions were made. It, they were the wrong decisions. It's like, you can't come to a gunfight with a knife. Okay, like this is a gunfight. The the, the flagships are becoming so good now. You really have to come in with some cool stuff. Now you're going to say, well, they tried with all that C- gimmicky crap which we're going to get to in a second but that's not my point my point is you need to get the basics right if you're going to compete at the 6.1 inch realm you need to compete with a galaxy s10 and that means you need three cameras and you have three cameras in korea like what the f-, f were you thinking well, lg okay
1: here's the thing right if two cameras is a knife then a single camera might be what a wooden stick if yeah we're basically. just talking numbers right yeah fine <laughs> That being said, if you're asking me um, which phone camera would I want to have for the rest of the year, if I could only have one, it would still be the Google Pixel.
0: Yeah, of course. But here's the right, thing. But, but know, the Google and, Pixel has one camera the way, which on the point. back, which means the Google Pixel is a wooden stick. And you're t- yeah, but talking the Google Pixel is also really long in the tooth, my friend. I mean, we have seen a radical evolution of phones in six months. Like,
1: hello? Like, uh, Google's uh, Pixels most of are always most of a little Huawei.
0: behind from everyone. I mean, I mean,
1: I meant Huawei in terms of cameras, but you mean phones in terms of design and everything else. Yeah. In that case, I can agree.
0: I'm just saying like, look, the really, the reality is this, is that the pixel was obsolete hardware the moment it launched. No, come on. you. Yes. Come
1: on. You're talking about the the pixel Three, right?
0: Yes. I mean, look, it didn't hit the mark. It never does. Google this year with the pixel, and we're going to talk about the, the pixel three in, in a little bit, but the, the, The Pixel 4 needs to hit the mark in terms of hardware. And I'm not saying it has to be, it doesn't have to be standing out in terms of hardware, but when it comes out in October, it's going to have to be at least as good as what the competition is doing in Android land. In terms of like, it needs at least two cameras in the back. I would prefer wide angle over tele as the secondary lens. That's I'd be happy with that. And you're going I to disagree. say, well, Miriam, you're talking about three cameras a parity. I'm mostly putting it in the context of two Korean giants battling it off here, right? Now, for Google, with their software expertise, they can probably get away with just a wide angle and a regular. And the But the thing is, they need much better hardware for these cameras. What they have in the 3 and the 2 right now is a pretty much... You know, run-off-the-mill 12-megapixel sensors with OIS and a pretty okay, decent lens. Okay, We're, we're going to talk about the pixel right? later, is it? But, but you know what I'm saying? That's later. kind of my angle there. So uh, I, thinking, I get what you're
1: saying. I get what you're saying. But let, LG. let's LG.
0: Yeah, let's bring Shh, it back to LG. Yeah, I'm coming back. So what I think LG should have done is three cameras in the back. And then, you know, instead of everything else is pretty good, but there's the areas that I think they should have focused is a third camera and, and the overall better cameras. And they should have done uh, none of those gimmicks, which we're going to briefly touch on because they're terrible. And then the software, it feels like using a G6, like nothing has changed with their UI ever. And, you know, everyone else is making an effort. Even Huawei is trying to be more interesting yeah, and less trying. heavy and less annoying with their UI. Huawei is trying and Yeah. So exactly. Because well, you know, Chinese companies, they can't seem to muster the software. But but even
1: though Samsung, I think, did an okay job with one UI, right? Sure, fair enough. But yeah. okay, here's the thing. Um let, let's let's be fair to LG here. First of all, they did improve the cameras. The main camera sensor now has 1.4 micron pixels. No, I agree with that. It's now, better. Does that mean that the camera is going to rank against the Google Pixel camera? Is is it going to be a leading one? No. And that's a disappointment, right? You and I have been doing this phone review business long enough to remember the LG G2, which... Oh my God, yeah. In the G4 my actually was the
0: one that for me was just like, you know, brought low light uh, out from
1: the dark ages. Ha, literally, that's a good joke. Well, in my recollection and in my hands, the LG G2 was the best camera of its time. Yeah. Right? At the iPhone, and I wrote an article about this, the iPhone... I saw that article. Uh, takes better photos. Um, on the first shot, let's say, it's easier to get a good photo out of an iPhone. but the ceiling of the LG G2 was basically the highest you could get out of any camera phone. And LG kind of went astray with the G3 and then, like you say, kind of came back with the G4. And then went astray with the G5 and kind of came back with the G6.
0: And then the G7 was kind of meh, and then the G8 we thought was going to fix that and what no. more.
1: Yeah, and, and this is a tricky thing with this company and, and it's why I say I'm disappointed. Listen, if Xiaomi comes out with a phone and has a Mac camera, I am not disappointed. Because what leads me to have expectations to then develop disappointment from Xiaomi? I don't. But my disappointment stems from the fact that there was a time when LG and Samsung were basically going head to head in terms of smartphone camera quality. It wasn't a a long period of time, but there was that sort of parity. And it was really a matter of Samsung staying ahead. Just by virtue of having greater brand recognition, while LG was kind of the lower brand, and LG just didn't sustain that level of advancement, it didn't move with the industry. And I think I think to your point, you know, you, you say it's a boring design. I I would call it characterless because yeah, exactly. LG has tried to just like simplify everything. But the thing is, the time for that sort of design has passed. Yes, you need uh, to be I, bold now. I mean at least colours. Exactly, with the colors, exactly you, know? <laughs> you say. And and it's it's really wild to me when I look at Chinese companies and it's not even form factors, it's the color treatment under the glass on the back. It's right? amazing. So Honor mean, did the wow. View 20 with, with the Chevron patterns. I know. I and know. and that thing is they did it in blue and they did it in red. And that red I mean, the, Chevron pattern you know, is just ridiculous. Breathing ridiculous crystal is all I have to say. On the
0: Huawei P30 Pro, hey, I know. Try. I mean, it's amazing. Okay, so let's regroup for a second. So we're both disappointed. We're both agree on the design. we both agree on the camera issues. And again, for me, I'm com- it's it's you're right. It's a history of LG imaging, and and the fact that they're trying to compete with Samsung, their arch rival Korean South Korean company. That that that's why I'm saying I want three cameras. Right. And then and, and, and instead of spending the money on the other stuff that you spend the money on LG, do the cameras and do better, better UI experience, slightly better. It doesn't have to be perfect, but show some improvement. This feels like a G6, you know, two years later, at least the Huawei phones are slowly improving every
1: year in terms of software. Can, can um, I just um, disclose a little bit of uh, Verge inside of business? Sure. One of the headlines which we rejected was uh, LG G8 Think you review like a G6.
0: Oh, great. See, I was—I said that in my review, but I didn't say in the headline. That's, that's
1: pretty much, <laughs> I honestly, mean it's, it's, it's kind too, of like it's that. Too tro- it's too tro- but at the same time. Yeah, it's, it, it, well, okay. Let's, let's give another bit of background, which is that LG changed uh, its really senior leadership. I think even the LG Electronics CEO changed over. Uh, I know that the leader of the mobile business changed, uh, not this year, I think around the start of last year. Uh-huh. So I think a lot of plans just got check-canned and we never saw, never heard about them. Um, and since then they've kind of been stalling for time and developing other uh, products. I'm guessing, I'm hoping, uh, and that might be part of the reason why we're looking at this kind of thing on the, on the positive side of things, there is the LG V50, which is a 5G device. And that should be coming out some point this month. Uh, but it's just a,
0: it's just a V40, Snapdragon 855 and a 5G radio and basically
1: probably worse battery life because of it. Uh, whoa, okay, Ooh, mm. you know, maybe it's, it's I'm got, pushing it here, but it's got better cooling on the inside, right? Okay, I, okay, it's got uh, better battery. I believe, I do believe, it's larger. And the thing is if you never use it on a 5G network, you're going to get better battery performance just by virtual. Well, no, of, of course. Being
0: I'm just saying though that you know this is gonna be the issue. And it's, especially if it's X fifty, if it's X fifty five, it's gonna be better. But look, like let's talk about the V fifty because it's not out yet. And num- and the other thing I wanna bring up that's related to that is that we if you don't consider the V fifty the flagship, flagship, like the note is for galaxy, right? Um They've already announced it, which is completely contrary to their previous ways of doing it, where they had like the first time in part of the year was a G, a second part of the year the V. It means that the G is the 4G flagship, right? Non-5G flagship right now, as far as we know, for the entire year until March 2020. How obsolete is that phone going to look in December and January next year? I, hmm. I find that a very weird strategy that they didn't stagger the releases of the G and the V. Unless well, they again, something the, they're, else. they're not here to answer
1: for themselves. And Maybe yes, they have
0: something else coming. Yes, Th- this I is what I'm thinking. Home.
1: Maybe the fact that the V model that got moved up to April now... Well, listen, the V model got moved up to April for a very basic reason. LG wanted to have a 5G device ready to go as soon as the networks were ready to no, go. No, of course, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what LG said to me. It's going to v- be Sprint, right? the V50's release date is literally whenever the 5G networks go live in the US or Korea, whichever one comes first, we have the phone, it's ready, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And like you say, because it's built on top of the V40 framework, they're not really reinventing the wheel here. They have a device, it's ready to go, it's got 5G, fine. That still leaves the window open for October, November time for LG to do something uh, that maybe wows us. I mean, listen, the, the other thing is if you set a timeline where LG's leadership changed over at the beginning of last year, you wouldn't be ready for this time of year. It's too fast.
0: No, no, but of course. But if you give
1: yourself 18 months until the I end of the year for a new flagship. making excuses
0: for LG. They need to get their sh together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know what you It's you're like, I'm sick of it. It's like, I know what they can do. I want to see it. the goods. Okay? That's it. It's because we know like, what they can do. Let's go, LG, right? That's all I'm trying to say. Like, I try to be nice in my review, but I held back a bit because I'm just like, come on. Um, so here's a couple of things i want to bring up before we switch over to your p30 pro review um, i want to talk about audio and i want to talk about the gimmicks let's start with the gimmicks because they're terrible and look this is, uh, the depth the the time of flight camera it's a thing it's we're going to talk about this later it's coming it's coming to more and more phones front or back or both and it's a good thing um yep. you know This one is a pretty advanced one. Kudos to LG for that. Uh, The Face ID stuff works pretty reliably, um, except that I had problems when I swapped glasses and I wore radically different glasses. It couldn't figure it out. Uh, which is uh, Apple can. So, you know, maybe some software issues here. Um, but it, the palm recognition, the vein stuff in your the palm, the vein is in your palm. It's actually supposedly more secure. I could have get it to work one out of five or one out of 10 times. And it was slow, so slow that I don't see anybody using that. And the air motion features, which lets you control the phone, like things like volume changing tracks by doing cool, Crazy choreographed gestures on top of the display uh, were so broken and unreliable that I got frustrated and stopped using them and panned them on my review. And yeah. I feel like why did they even bother with this technology when uh, we could just? I can do. I tried this and I mentioned this in my review. You can do everything that this stuff does, air motion, with Google Assistant by I mean, voice by talking to the phone. Volume, skip tracks, pause, play, uh, turn off an alarm, anything. You can do all of that with Google Assistant. Why do you need gestures?
1: Well, the difference is the driving factor. Um, This is frustrating, but I I also feel like it's part of the course for large corporations. You know, you have so many layers of management that you just, uh, you know, if, if you were an LG engineer yourself and you saw all of these things, and you were entirely in agreement with yourself right now, what would you be able to do, right? You just have your little box where people tell you, give me the best Wi-Fi performance. And then somebody yeah, else has yeah, their little yeah. box saying, um, integrate this into this and make all of this fit into the logic board, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You can be tearing your hair out, but it's not going to change anything. Um, True. And people are just going to tell you, uh, this is the feature, this is what you're doing, Make do the best job of it. Uh, and, and that's just it. And, and then, then you're kind of stuck. And um, the decision makers at the top of the company, they're kind of like, from the publishing side of things, the publishing business, they're, they're like people who approve content management systems that are trash. Because, oh, well, this looks like a cool feature and then that looks like a cool feature. And why don't we have a hundred features because that looks like great value for money, right?
0: Again, I feel like you're making excuses for LG. Like, I don't care. Like, I understand <laughs> all this. I've well, okay, worked for companies. How I does, get it, your, how
1: does get your, your, your not caring benefit anybody?
0: I'm just saying like, they
1: need to just get their house in order. I hope that this change of management is And, and I'm saying, I, I don't I don't see it happening. Uh, I, I am saying, like, if we wanted some evidence for that happening then the g8 is obviously the converse right it's right. telling us no it isn't happening the decisions at the top are still happening in a really abstract way where people are just kind of checking features off a list instead of thinking through how things are going to be used because let me tell you this even if the hand gestures and these are air gestures above the phone screen yeah even if they work beautifully exactly it's how still many- useless. Yeah. Exactly how many applications Absolutely. and purposes would you have you for you don't them? care. That's
0: exactly my point. Like not only does it not work, but it's not useful. Um, my biggest thing is I'm worried that what they're gonna launch in the fall is gonna be a folding phone, which is not what we need right now and want. What we need is a solid flagship that can compete with the best of the best, right? And yeah. we don't have that from LG. Maybe the V50 will fix that and maybe I'll I'll eat my words. Audio is fantastic though, right? And this is yes. the thing. If you want a phone, And actually, but there's an alternative. We'll talk about this in one second. Uh, Audio is amazing on LG out of the box. That 32-bit Hi-Fi Quad DAC from ESS still completely owns the market. I'm super impressed. Um, even though it's been, what, two years now since the V20, essentially, that we've had this is an evolution of that chip in there. It's still a delight every time you plug in a good pair of headphones and listen to music. You know, did you notice, by the way, that if you use their music player on content that's 44, 40, uh, 48 kilohertz, it'll upsample it to 96 or 88.2 if you ask it to? Well, by default, I think. So, you actually want to put like flag files on the phone and use their player instead of using. Well, there are other players you can download that support the high sample rates, but I'm not sure they all support telling the DAC to upsample I, internally in hardware, which is yeah, really what you
1: want. I, I don't, I don't, I've never liked upsampling. I'm a big fan. I really
0: noticed the difference. I if haven't. you have the
1: right algorithm, it
0: just, it makes your music come to life. I've, you know, I've have old content that's 44 and one and,
1: and 48 that just adds, it just adds a little something. That, that's a whole other podcast. Cause we, we can talk about, uh, yeah. We, can go out, yeah so we should actually have an audio so on, podcast. So. You and I, I will do should, that at some point. But let, let but, me do, let me do but what are your uh, a thoughts kick out segue. Like, well, I mean, there's, there's nothing else to say. I mean, I wrote about this in like 20, whatever it was, 17. I, I just gushed over the OGG six. Which I yeah. think was the first time I came across the quad DAC. Like you say, it's certain like a variants. G6. By the way, don't it's go out and still... buy a G6
0: used. Either. Not not the US version doesn't have the quad DAC. Some, oh, yeah. some variants yeah. do.
1: Good point. It, it was the Korean uh, version that had it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, just like that version of the G6, the G8 is a terrific phone. And I will say one other thing: um, it's a super expensive way to get a kick-ass Android portable media player. But hey, it's a consideration. Because if you actually look around, um, the dedicated portable media players are they're running so sh- expensive. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, but they're running Android five point one point one. Oh God! Some of them, right? They yeah. they recently kind of all stepped up to Android eight point one. Most Ugh. of them aren't even familiar with USB C and what the hell is supposed to do with that. And their battery oh, life is uh, eh. Yeah, right? of course. So, um, so there know, is actually you, another
0: solution. Yeah, you there, see there my is. segue
1: coming. Okay.
0: I, yeah. I want you to take this one because I I I'm the one who showed you this one.
1: Oh yes, you did you did the uh, full credit to you. I I totally plagiarized so, your great idea for Northbound. <laughs> what's
0: the plan B if you can't afford or don't want to or whatever get the G8 or get any LG phone with the DAC and you you're an audiophile and you have a phone already or whatever. What do you do?
1: Well, I'm a bit I'm a bit conflicted because I'm about to recommend the dongle which is terrible. Come on! Still, we know it's a good one. It doesn't there is, matter. There is one terrific sounding dongle, and it's made by a company called HiDiz. Is the yeah. HiDiz Sonata HD? Isn't um, it amazing? Did you flash yours, by the way, to the higher
0: sound quality mode?
1: I have not. I didn't.
0: know Oh, that you was need a to thing. because there's an even better sounding mode, which is the dedicated sound quality mode, where it removes the microphone functionality from the from the dongle, so it no longer can be used with a. Um, headphones that have an inline mic. It ignores basically. Yeah, I I flash mine. You just need a PC and go to their website, download the firmware. There's like an audio file version of the firmware, which basically puts all the processing power on the DAC conversion rather than keeping the ADC going as well. and shuts down the ADC circuits and stuff. Nice. Now you need to append your review. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, listen my, my review is glowing enough as it is it's it's I'll, a I'll really, link to it in the description it's a way, it's a really it. really clean uh sounding deck uh pre, previous to that I mean this was the conversation that we we're having was I was using the essential phone deck me too yeah and, and then the razor one for a little while which is a little better than the essential but is ex- a little cloud like clumsy yeah it's really chunky out. it's really chunky the essential one they're, they're not really in the same class I mean this is the remarkable thing with motorola phones and i think even sony phones you just get an audio adapter you don't get a DAC integrated into the dongle correct um whereas the HiDes and even the essential they both have an integrated deck and they're still the size of an adapter like there's no a wasted a space whatsoever amp. and a
0: good headphone amp reading a very good headphone two, headphone amp. Right? And, yeah.
1: but here's the difference here's the difference because the essential um Deck and Amp is $15, and the Hydes one is $28. It's double the price, but that's still very affordable. Yeah, in both cases, it's, I mean, for our, our typical it's, audience, it's uh, four it's coffees
0: cool. in San Francisco.
1: <laughs> and probably well, less I'm than- I'm exaggerating. Six, actually. 30, it's probably less five, than a day's yeah. worth of parking as well, right?
0: Yeah, it's about an hour and a half of parking.
1: Wow. Um, but here, here's the difference, here's what justifies the extra price for me with the Hides. Uh The essential one- to my ears, has a bass bump to it, which I love, okay? But it isn't as clean as the high So agree, all you're really paying for with the extra premium for the high is is the sound quality. At the same time, it also has a really nice uh, thick and strong braided wire, um, which anybody who's familiar with high-end headphones from the likes of Odyssey, they use pretty much the same wire. Indeed. So it's a nice match for that. Oxygen-free copper yeah so it's i mean it's shocking to me that it's just this random freaking company with this terrible name and that's why i need to share with technology. you vlad
0: because i was like you need to get this it's unbelievable it's changed my life um so just so for, for the those of you why are you talking about you're talking about a dongle but i'm not clear what you're talking about this is a usb type c to 3.5 millimeter headphone adapter that's just about the same size as the one you get with your pixel 3 Yep. Um. And it sound sounds incredibly better. Like it's 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 actually it's very easily competes with the LG Quad DAC. Would you say? Yeah, no, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> well, okay. You need to put no. I think you need to change the firmware because upgrade the firmware and it's
1: it's Quad DAC grade. Well, because uh, like these are so ephemeral things. Like there's no measurable way to talk about these. No, things. I know but exactly. When I plug into the LG Quad DAC, like I start to feel things. Okay. Well, you'll feel things when you upgrade the firmware on the HiDIS, trust me. <laughs> okay, Excuse but you, I, need, I, need, I need to keep podcasting with you. I can't dash off and do the uh, firmware. No, with. no, you don't but do yes, it. No, I'm, know, do I'm just
0: it. telling you, we, we need to move on to the P30 Pro anyway. That's right. But I'm just telling you that since the P30 Pro does not have a headphone jack, mm-hmm. and, ca- and actually mine didn't come with a dongle, you know, the HiDIS might be your answer. If you like are trying to get like, say, a phone that's actually really, really like a masterpiece, um, and you, is missing some sort of decent audio output, there you
1: go. You get your solution. That's your segue. Yeah. And, and listen, the other thing is that most people, if they have white headphones, they're going to have one pair that they really use all the time, right? So you just stick this adapter onto that pair, onto the end of the cable, and that's kind of it. You know? And for $30, you could potentially buy
0: multiple. I mean, I have like three of them. Um, there you go. See, Vlad's already done that. All right. <laughs> so... Check it out. I'll, I'll link everything in the show notes. I'll link your review of the HiDiz and um, my, my review of the G8. So, you know, we've gone from a meh phone with great audio to a great audio adapter that's needed for a great phone that with no has audio. probably the best camera in the world today yeah. for a phone. I, um, it's, it's a difficult one. It's a really difficult okay, one. Okay, I want your I take have... on this. I, I did not get a chance to, write, to read a review yet because you, you published it just this morning. For me, it's morning. And... I did read your camera preview thing you did like a week ago or whatever. Last week. So, okay, tell me tell me your... I have some thoughts too. I feel that the camera has some issues. But overall, okay, you want a versatile camera, you're a creative type person. Do you want to use a Pixel or do you want to use a P30 Pro? Uh-huh.
1: Well, there's the, no manual control on a Pixel. Well, this is the tricky thing. Um and this is the thing I've been wrestling with even having finished my review I'm still wrestling with it. I have both phones I'm not sure which one is going to keep my sim card um, because they're that close Uh, they're different but they're very close and I've grown bleary eyed over the past week just sitting in my computer and going left arrow right arrow pixel photo p30 pro photo which one do i prefer (laughs) right i carry Uh,
0: both just um, so that's how i solve the problem
1: well i i I don't i don't wear cargo pants you 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 have no i know i know i know you have clothing with a lot of pockets i i I I just want to stick with phones
0: with me at generally at any given time because i have four cargo pockets
1: okay so so yes if you're super super creative uh and super dedicated to it carry two phones spend two thousand dollars you're fine but for the for the kind of less adventurous people among us um monetarily adventurous ones. Let's try and think through this. So as I say, I've grown bleary-eyed just looking at the fine, fine detail um, with the the photos between these two. And it's really hard to tell them apart. They, where they have image errors, they do it differently. And the thing that I've always appreciated about the Pixel is that it lets image grain in and image noise show up, right? Because it's like, you want to see the detail of this photo. And I'll give you that. And I think you're willing to accept a bit of grain and image noise. And that is actually true. I completely agree with Google's philosophy. So when we get photo errors on a Pixel photo, they look like photo errors from film cameras. And that's why people like me speak about the Pixel having the most photographic pictures. And I like that a lot. I agree that the P30
0: Pro, I know what you're where you're going with this, yep. feels a little more synthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but then, and then you know, the, the
1: other thirty, The P20 had the same problem and the Mate 20 had the same problem as well, right? They did, but not uh, to a greater degree, actually, than the P30 Pro. And this is why I think they're so close nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is that if you just kind of push that aside, you know, the whole photographic, not photographic thing, if you just look at them more, which one of these gets, gets me sharper lines? Which one of these gets me more detail? Because the other thing, I mean, come on, if you get a bunch of image grain on top of your image, Sometimes it looks more detailed because you're like... You, your eyes are filling in the grain with
0: detail. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's like this thing. Like I prefer the the whole punch to the notch because my my brain fills it up. Like it, you know, our yes. brains do that. Our brains are incredibly good at photoshopping in real time. Um, but you need to give it the right input, and if you give it the wrong input,
1: it's like an uncanny valley of doom. Yes. No. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. I think I think your point is exactly true because I I'm the same way. The notch deserves me more than whole punch, even if they're physically the same area.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
1: so, so okay. Yeah.
0: So I just want a quick preamble. Those of you who are maybe jumping on the podcast are like, you're going right into the camera on the P30 Pro. Like really the reason for that is because we have a limited amount of time and I've already covered the P30 Pro extensively at the launch in Paris with uh, Peter Garden of, uh, of uh, Huawei and um, Daniel Sin was on that show too. So go back to episode 103 where you will get all of your delicious p30 pro the rest of the stuff um but okay overall the phone is great i like it software is kind of you know it's always a little bit of an issue with huawei but honestly i don't feel that bad you put another launcher and a keyboard on there and you're good to go that's my opinion yep um but the camera for me okay so here's the thing about the camera i think that the main camera the primary shooter the 40 megapixel with its new sensor that's got yellow pixels instead of green pixels is um, I think is 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 a leap forward in photography. I feel that they are able to extract so much light now out of nothing that this is a step, a big step forward. Um, it does have some really weird color science issues, though, right? Yep. Like colors on that sensor don't quite look right yet to me because again, completely different color science. But I think this is an iterative thing. Remember the P20 Pro came out last year, and again, you know, I know I'm kind of making excuses for Huawei and Leica here, but when you're when you're driving the. We're at the, when you're the, at the front of the train, right? You you are going to be the first one seeing the problems and hopefully fixing them, right? Um, when you're the passenger in the back and you're just riding along and doing the same thing, um, you know, you're, you're going to benefit from all the progress that happens in in the front of the uh, the train. So I feel like I'm going to give them a pass for this stuff. Uh, they hopefully can fix it in software though. Their, the color science is a little weird. If you switch between the wide angle and the main camera and the tele, the, the colors don't look right between the three. Like they don't match. You have to kind of they go on Google Photos don't. and fix it. And it's just annoying.
1: Well, let's just kind of simplify that down and contextualize it for people. Um, the way that I see it is that, to your point about detail, the photos that I take from the P30 Pro compared to the photos that I take with the Pixel 3, and I'm only going to compare against the Pixel 3 because both of these cameras are way ahead of the Samsung Galaxy S10 and the iPhone oh God, XS. So. Okay, so we don't even need to talk about those. I know they're the most popular cameras and phones, but uh, they're behind. We're just going to talk about the best. In fact, I'm sorry because because that's what I do because this
0: is how the podcast is and you're going to love this. I'm sorry to go back to the G8, but I actually feel the G8 is better in low light than the Galaxy S10. So there you go.
1: I haven't just compared it enough to know it's, that. It's but actually go. it's
0: got a low light mode, which I think even without the low light mode, I think the G8. T- I actually was on the pier on San Francisco at night just recently and comparing the two, and of course the P30 Pro just won. But I had I had four phones: at P30 Pro, the S10 Plus, the G8, and the Pixel Three XL, and it, you know uh, the G8 held its own, and so I think the S10 was the most disappointing for me. I was like, seriously seriously samsung like you can't take this photo to save your life like hello so you i want to echo what you're saying about the s10 is
1: what i'm saying yeah so now when i'm shooting with the p30 pro i feel like it has i mean it definitely has the highest ceiling for photos and it's got so much to do with that new RYYB main sensor um but at the same time comparing that against the pixel 3 the Pixel 3 is kind of like the iPhone in that it 99.9% of the time it nails the exposure. Yeah. It's it like it you just smash the, the button and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I feel with exactly. the P30
0: Pro, sometimes I have to take the photo again because I'm like, wait, that's not right. You you failed at that. Yeah. Um, and you know you know and that's one thing that honestly all the Huawei all those great Huawei imaging phones since the P9 honestly have had this issue of consistency um it's not as bad as some other phones I've used but I feel like uh, Huawei and Leica need to work on that because uh, the I mean I've mentioned, mentioned
1: Leica twice now and I, I don't think we need to like Why Leica not? is literally just like receiving the checks from Huawei cashing no, them no, no, and no, then no, putting it somewhere I've
0: met the Leica engineers and people that work on these products, they yeah. are significantly involved in the development. Okay. Like it's not just a we put the Leica brand on the phone kind of thing. Yeah, it is. Okay.
1: No, yeah. we, we put the Leica brand on the phone, and some of our employees who have nothing else to do, we just send them off to China. They spend a couple of weeks there, they eat some Chinese food, they have a little. Yeah, it's like an advisory role. Yeah, it's absolutely
0: that. But look, it doesn't mean it doesn't help Huawei.
1: Okay. Yeah. But I, I think we're kind of talking around the thing that is. Well, there's two highlights with this phone and this okay. camera. Let's let's talk um, about those two highlights. And we, we need to just hit them straight away. First of all... Do it. The night photography on the Huawei P30 Pro... Oh my God. ...is the best night photography out of any camera phone ever.
0: And to be
1: clear, you don't even have to use night mode. It's just exactly. pure like auto. Yeah. Just hit the button and you're like, wow. And secondly, the zoom, which works with, again, the main sensor and... Uh, Telephoto periscope lens setup, which gets you five x closer, but then Huawei does a lot of really good work in terms of calculations uh, to get you really good five x, really good ten x zoom. And Mm -hmm. I've taken photos at twenty and thirty x, and it's manageable. Yeah, I know. And and they're they're super decent. And the thing that I think about with these things is, I know these are niche applications, right? But the next time you go to a sports game, I know. And your friend is there with their iPhone, and yes, the iPhone has a bit of zoom, and they'll get a little closer, and you know, they'll have like thirty people in the frame, and you just whip out your Huawei phone, right? Presumably you're in Europe, right? Because the phone isn't going to be in the states. But you whip <laughs> out your Huawei phone, and you just zoom all the hell in to you know Cristiano Ronaldo's buttocks, right? And you take a shot of that. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. it. It's it's the wild thing to me is that these two features. Like you were saying, with two cameras, three cameras, et cetera, these are discrete camera features that I can tell my complete uh, technophobe family members about, and they'll get it. They'll get it immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And this is stuff
0: where, where, like, Google can maybe you know, compete in low light to some extent, but yeah. they cannot compete in zoom. Even the super zoom doesn't even remotely do as well, right? Like, that's so right. to me, that's the thing that I find incredible about the zoom. I have issues with the zoom, like, you know, it's the same issues I've had with the previous Huawei zooms, where if you don't lock in the, the artificial stabilization in addition to the optical, like you don't let it lock in, it needs to lock on. If it doesn't lock on, you're going to get blurry, blurrier photos. And I find that I have to set it to 5X for it to lock on, first and then go to 10x and especially in low light for it to actually do it also has focus issues in low light with the zoom which mm-hmm. i know is is you know magical that it even does focus somewhat because it's it's very hard to do so all of these things are common to all zoom cameras uh any any like you took a take a Sony RX10 which is like a super zoom uh, point and shoot camera from Sony a really high end one and you're going to have the same problems of focus issues and 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 contrast loss because of the zoom and 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 stability stability issues um but it's amazing that you have this in your phone now and you can get some great photos out of it like my favorite thing is that if you're on a train say you know and the train like is running parallel to a highway and and you can and it's above the highway a little bit you can be in like five times or ten times zoom and and it feels like you're in a, a doing a drone shot or a, a helicopter shot of the cars on the freeway, right? Yeah. Because you can get that close. Whereas you can't do that with, uh, you know, with like even a two-time or three-time zoom, right? Well, again, going
1: back to this Pixel free comparison, I'm sorry, I've just been obsessed with it. No, no, you can be all over Pixel the place. It's fine. Until you the P30 Pro is. turned up is the pinnacle of smartphone cameras, right? It's just... As far as I'm concerned, it was undisputed, untouchable. Others can have Zoom, whatever. I am taking the best possible photos with the Pixel 3. I do my job, my professional camera, with the Pixel 3 XL. I actually was using the Mate 20 Pro to, to do my photos for my job. Well, Mate twenty Pro was good, right? I don't dispute that at all. But the P thirty Pro is a whole other beast, and it's. I so know that's really what I am saying. I am
0: just saying, like until I, I, I did not use. I mean, I did sometimes use the Pixel three XL for my my work photos, but I found that I used the Mate twenty Pro most um, in the last six months, and then of course now I
1: use a P thirty Pro. Right? So, so here is how they compare to me. Um, again, the Pixel gets all of the here is here is the fine detail. The Pixel gets all of the adjustable things right. Okay yes uh, and i've just been looking at a couple of photos before coming coming here to do the podcast those are things i can tweak whereas the p30 pro first of all outdoors in sunlight it tends to have a red tint um yeah, and which, the color science issues which for me you know th- this is just my particular subjective preference i like it it's like it's just a warmer photo and i like i should care that it's not True to reality, but I just like warmer photos. I like the red tint. And the other thing is I open up Google Photos and if I want it gone, it's gone
0: in milliseconds. This is interesting you bring that up because I find that in the last year or two, I don't pretty much shoot a single photo without going into Google Photos and tweaking it a little bit now. I used to not do that ever. And now I pretty much quote unquote develop every photo I take.
1: Yeah, because Google Photos is right there and it is as, as basic as it seems. It's really powerful.
0: I mean, Google Photo gives you another layer of AI on top of any Android phone or iPhone that you use. Like a layer layer of computational photography to enhance what you have from the camera. So if your input is really good to start with, like P30 Pro, you're going to even
1: be able to tweak it potentially better. That's it. And and here's another thing. I am taking a Google Night Sight photo. And Google Night Sight... Blew my mind when it came out in October last year. Oh yeah, it blew my year. mind too. Uh-huh. It was a revolution. Six months later, I'm taking a nightside photo. I'm doing the absolute best that I can in the circumstances, right? And it's grainy. It's just, it's kind of starting to tear apart. You know, it, it, it looks like, uh, uh, what do you call it when you have bread that's really soggy, right? It just kind of tears apart like that, you know, like chunks yeah, yeah. of bread tearing apart. That's how the Google nice eye Photo looks because there's no light for crying out loud. Okay. Yeah. It's it's and, it's, it's impressive that anything Pro comes out. And p Pro just
0: pulls light out of out of like nothing.
1: Yeah, I think you were gonna say out of his backside, and it's kind of like that. Um, it's kind of like that. And okay, so I take that nice i Photo and I go into Google Photos and I try and edit it, and there's just nothing nothing to work with. Like, yeah, Google gets you your optimal best. Result. It's basically the best that hardware can do. And exactly. this is kind of back
0: to what I was saying. The Pixel 4 hardware needs to go up, up in performance. Sure. But because but then, especially when you sell a phone for eight $900 like they're doing. Come on, guys. Let's but then get, even get the low show on the road. Photos.
1: Even low light photos of the P30 Pro. Even zoomed in photos where I tend to find it has less contrast. I think you mentioned earlier. You fix it. Yeah. Um, I go into Google Photos you have and there's so just, much headroom. I yes, know you can fix everything. Yes. it's it's kinda like when I when I went into Lightroom with raw photos for the first time and I was like so this black area, can I can I turn off the shadows? And it's like, holy crap, it's, yep. it was all there. Well, There's all
0: kinds of stuff in there, I know. Right. And then same thing if, if you get the zoom and it's a little blurry, either because of atmospheric pollution or because, uh, and that's pretty common, by the way, if you take a photo of something far away with the zoom and you find that it's, uh, no matter how hard you try to focus by retaking, by forcing focus and stuff, it's a little soft, you, it's generally just the air that gets in the way. Your eyes don't see it because you're like not zooming in with your eyes. Um, but but then, you know what I find? I find I go into Snapseed, I play with details a little bit and boom, it's back, you yeah. know? And of course, contrast, I can play with that. Yeah, I know it's magic. It's like you have so much like base data that you can play with. It's, it's a freaking delight.
1: Yeah. So let, let me just kind of do a wrap up on the P30 Pro. So, because I know... We, we, yeah, we, yeah, we said we're going to talk phones, about not we're talk phones, not just about more. We're going to talk about yeah. more camera yeah. stuff, but not in the context of the P30 Pro. Right. So bottom line with the P30 Pro is the camera is amazing. Um, if you want the most versatile and the most capable camera, this is it uh, on yep. a smartphone. I think if you want the best camera that would just take snaps quickly and do the absolute best for you, I still think that Pixel 3 edges that. But, um, and this is kind of our privileged position as phone reviews. the P30 Pro is just vastly more exciting, right? And as much as I don't like Huawei software and as many own goals as Huawei scores with that piece of garbage software, there are things like Nova Launcher, there are icon packs, you can modify, customize things out of the way. The, yeah. only, the only downside, another upside with a P30 Pro, it has a 4,200 mAh battery, which lasts for a lifetime. Forever. If
0: I was like, I think I can go, when I'm in airplane mode, I, I you know, sometimes I use my phones just as like media players and f- cameras and I don't use them extensively. Like I don't do anything else on them. Um, and and I can go three or four days with a P30 Pro. <laughs> like it's like, what?
1: Yeah, it's bananas. <laughs> it's bananas. But there is one downside and that is actually the display. And, you know, that's a major component. It's not a Quad HD display, yeah, unlike the Mate 20 Pro. And, you know, it's, it's an OLED. It's okay. It's not great. And the thing that I've noticed is with white or light things being displayed on the screen, because the edges are curved, you get a bluish shadow right on the edge of the screen. Of course, yeah. It's got because it's got the
0: stupid waterfall Samsung curved edges. Yeah. Ugh. So here's another thing before we, th- I want to segue, but I want to kind of segue by going through the P30 quickly. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't review it, but you, I'm sure you have one like I do. Well, now i thinking about playing, it right now because that phone is it, flat. It doesn't have the exactly. edges. Exactly. That's why I bring it up. I've been using it lately a bit more just to kind of get a feel for it. And there are two things I love about that phone. The display is flat and you, so you have less of that issue. Um, and it has a headphone jack. <laughs> hey, you know... Why not? So if you're looking for and you and it's 799 versus 999 euros retail. In fact, you know what by the way, you can import the uh, P30 Pro gray market in the US for 700. Oh no, it's so the Pro, the 30 for 700 US. So I haven't looked at the P30 Pro prices. I only looked at the P30 because P30 I was Pro trying to get is 899 at BNH Photo. Well, there you go. So 900. So it's not bad, honestly. Like when you think about what- With 256 gigs of RAM, by the way, that's really pretty good. All I'm saying is that uh, when I was cross-shopping the G8 with other phones that US customers could buy, I found the P30 for 700 um, online. And I'm like, at that price, that's a really good phone. Like that is, you know, Galaxy S10e pricing, okay? Like, whoa, wait a minute.
1: Well, let's so anyway, just, let, let just point out uh, the main camera, the RYYB sensor that we've been talking about, that's in the P30. So it it's just that. not OIS. Yeah,
0: it doesn't have OIS and has an f o 1.8 lens versus F over 1.6. And by the way, as a correction, I made a mistake in the specs when I read them on the podcast two weeks ago. The P30 Pro is 1.6 uh, f-stop with OIS on that sensor, whereas yep. the P30 is 1.8 f-stop on that sensor, but without OIS. So okay. there you go.
1: So one final thing, one final thing is um, they have the time of light sensor on the back of the P30 Pro, not the P30. Yeah, correct. That gives so, uh, the camera system uh, depth. You know sense? what I find it really
0: helps most is the aperture mode. I think the portrait mode's okay, but the aperture mode is magically better this time around with the depth sensor. That's been my experience. Play with it if you haven't.
1: Well, for, for me, the biggest upgrade has actually been the fact that it feeds into the autofocus system for the main cameras. Right. right so right, yeah, yeah. in situations where the Pixel Free and basically every other camera phone is like, I have no idea what's happening. I need you just to turn the lights on or let me use the flash. Come on, man, give me something to work with. <laughs> the P30 Pro is like, yeah, I'm focused. No, it's fine. I you. Don't yeah. no, trust me. Like I'm looking yeah. at a black wall and it's like, I got it. And then it t- takes the photo. And it's like, holy crap. All right. Yeah. That that's that's my conclusion for the P30 Pro. Holy for the night mode and crap for the zoom but good crap yeah exactly yeah
0: well there you go so let's switch to some other stuff i want to really talk about quickly uh like so let's talk i need to give uh some love about yesterday's announcements simply because i want to acknowledge that they launched a few ch- new chips the um, snapdragon 665 the snapdragon 730 and a snapdragon 730g um you know i mean more Snapdragons is better, I guess. Uh, people, manufacturers get choices, right? Uh, so these are basically, like the 710 last year was a new tier that was introduced between the 600 and 800 series. And it was heavily based on like a detuned 845 architecture with a larger nanometer manufacturing. The eight, the 730, think of the 730 as the same thing, same thing, but from the 855. So they took an 855, detuned it, and they're manufacturing at a larger um uh, nanometer size and uh, you know you still get tons of benefits and the the cost is a lot lower so we might see some interesting phones with a 730 and 730g is slightly improved gpu for gamers oh. so it kind of was going to end up maybe in some gaming phones and then you know 665 or whatever they needed a new 600 series it was getting a little stale so there you go that's basically my takeaway uh, yesterday they had a thing here in san francisco called the ai day which was all about AI. And that's one of the things they pushed in. And this is why I want to briefly mention it as Vlad, is that they push photography and AI features and photography very heavily on these new Snapdragon chips.
1: Oh, I mean, this is is literally the future. I mean, that's where you have to go, right? It's going to be the future on Huawei's Kirin chips because they're part of what's driving the P30 Pro's heroics. Uh, But Qualcomm Snapdragon has been integral to everything that Google has done with the Pixel. and as far as i'm concerned so part of what's really got me psyched and excited about the p30 pro is just today and segue alert uh oppo just announced the oppo reno and that is yeah. another phone that uses the same periscope zoom technology and i know my forecast for the rest of the year is that by the end of this year we're going to have five maybe six phones with this periscope zoom tech inside it um yeah. they're all licensing it from the same company anyway and it's going to be that, and it's going to be computational photography, and anybody who isn't and doing time of flight, we're going to see time of flight front and back absolutely. on everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Anybody who isn't doing those three things, thank you for your third comp- contribution, is going to be behind. Yeah, yeah. So here are some examples. Right, um, we're seeing the Oppo
0: Reno Uh, We're seeing, uh, you know, a bunch of phones with time of flights. Also, we're a lot of phones with Sony's IMX586, the 48 megapixel sensor, which
1: I think is a really interesting and pretty decent sensor. What are your thoughts on that, Vlad? I I also think it is. um, I think it might be gaining a bit more popularity just by virtue of its huge megapixel number. I think everybody was like, yeah, we're going to differentiate. Let's get the massive megapixel number. And then you go into 2019. It's like, oh, everybody else had the same idea.
0: Yeah, I think there's a little more to the story though. I feel like I first started using it on the View Twenty from Honor. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, this this is an this is a quad buyer setup, right? It's it's that's what makes it cool. Like it is a oversampling. It's like the the pure view from 40 megapixel back in the day. It's using that same technology, but bringing it down to a price point where mid-range phones can have it, right? And so I think we're gonna see, we're seeing a proliferation of this sensor. It's it is now on uh, the Nokia X71, which is a mid-range phone that was announced uh, recently in China, which is probably gonna come to the West as
1: maybe a Nokia Seven of some kind. Uh, I believe um, the rumor is that it's gonna be known as the Nokia 8.1, and yes, it should be imminently launched in Europe. There you go.
0: So my point is is that um, Samsung announced the Galaxy A80 recently, just yesterday or this morning, Today. that has a really, really trick slider mechanism where it oh, doesn't have that. a front-facing camera and it rotates as... So the camera is facing back when the phone slider is down and the motorized slider, when it slides up, it rotates the entire rear camera module forward to face the user um, and it has a that 48 megapixel camera on it. And it has an eight megapixel secondary cam and a time of flight camera. See see where things are going? This is where things are going. Uh, and this is a mid range phone from Samsung. I mean, sure, it's mechanically complex, but you know, uh, I kind of like, I mean, you can't get water resistance on these phones, but I I like these form factors that are whacktastic. I love
1: how the industry is experimenting, Vlad. <laughs> oh, no, it's no, 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 making no. me happy. You, you, you can't just drop whack-tastic, whacktastic on the podcast and just like carry on. Okay, you. What it, do you have to say it, about? Why? It's, it's a beautiful word. I'm going to keep using it. But I am a hundred percent on the same page as you. Um, this is Samsung's first, at least to the best of my knowledge, first smartphone slider of any description, and Correct. this is just the. Uh, and, and, and this is it, like giving this is giving the Oppo Find X a run for its money in terms of cool factor. Yes, yes, very much so, and and it's just really clever. You know, I my fear last year because. Android devices got really weird last year already, right? They, they started doing the, the Periscope pop-up cameras for selfies. Uh, there was the Oppo Find X, as you say, where the whole thing pops up. The Oppo Reno this year... It, it actually pops up. It's like a wedge. Yeah, I know. There's a wedge, a little triangular shape pops up just for the selfie camera. Jesus.
0: And, and the thing and is- No, the flash, it has the flash in the back, Vlad. It right. means that if you want to use the rear camera with the flash, the thing pops out for the flash. Come on. It's so cool. It, it is, it is, but my- It's completely unnecessary. That's the best part. No, it's, it's not unnecessary. I love it for how unnecessary it, it, kills it is, a notch. so cool. It kills a notch.
1: And it's super yeah, cool. it kills a notch. And I think both of those things are laudable, Thanks. Notch murder. Absolutely, cool it's technology. very unnecessary. But
0: like people, like ah, it's gonna break. I'm like, who cares? Think about how <laughs> no, awesomely cool it is, and but the fact that you have a display that's full on front display. There's nothing else in there.
1: Okay, yes, that's good. But rein it uh, in. We do care. Come on, we 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 should we should of course we do. we have to care because we're reviewers. We should we should we, we to should to talk to an audience that is not multi billionaires, right? But my, my reservation th- about this time last year was that everybody would just do weird and crappy um and the cardinal example for that tends to be uh, all of the borderline concepts that asus tends to kick out uh, yeah. things like uh that laptop with this massive water cooling wart on the back of it it was supposed to be like a desktop replacement oh, yeah. gaming laptop um yeah. all, all the time when they did the asus Tai Chi where they it had <laughs> it's a netbook yes. with a lap- laptop screen on the inside and a laptop screen on the backside because it's like a, the know. nubia x of uh, of laptops oh god and and yes the nubia x i hate that thing's entire existence uh the supposed the supposed, <laughs> supposed wraparound smartphone that wraps around the wrist which is the size of
0: no 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 that's not the one i'm talking about i'm talking about the 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 phone that says the smartphone with two displays front and back oh yeah but, mm. so f- full screen in the front I'm not
1: talking about the wrist thing. The wrist thing is the Nubia Alpha. Yeah, the Nubia Alpha. Okay, so first of all, I hate the Nubia Alpha. It takes a foldable screen and I was talking about the it. Nubia X. Let, let me just have my little mini rant. It takes a foldable screen, folds it around your wrist in the most disgusting, handcuff-like design. It's, it's disgusting. It, yes. Why are we even talking about this? It's not even on the list. Right, forget like, it. We talk, like, but the, the Nubia f- X though, the Nubia X isn't the only phone, I think Oppo no. has done a phone with a screen on the back and the front. Correct. I think that's yeah. kind of
0: yeah. cute. Again, I like I, it. I can see something. That's some why I'm bringing it up. I'm like, you said Tai Chi. I was like, hey, a laptop with two screens,
1: front and back. It's like yeah. a phone with two screens, front and back. And anyway, and yeah. I mean, this kind of speaks again. Going back to the G8 and to your point, everybody's character now. Um, Apple. I was for whatever reason I was looking at the iPhone XR. I will not call it 10 ever. Okay. Um, okay. I was looking at Fair the enough. iPhone XR uh, promo page on the Apple store, and it was saying how to do a seven-layer uh, paint coating under the glass, right? And yeah. I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, seven layers, huh? So you, you, you couldn't do nine like Huawei can do and Honor can do, huh? Just seven? <laughs> that's what you got, Apple? Really? And and that's, yeah. that's the wild thing. These Chinese companies... Like when you say LG needs to get its S together, they really have their S together on hardware and engineering. Oh my God, they do. They they knew. Doing they, they, I mean, honestly,
0: right now, I hate to say this. This is my gut feeling as a journalist who reviews this stuff all the time. Huawei is the world leader in, in hardware. Like if you
1: look at what they do, it's like, holy crap. Like seriously, like wow. It, it, it's tough to argue. Listen, you, you know this just, just as well as I do. When you go to a Huawei event, it's going to be a cluster fudge okay they yeah they their organization um the ceo richard yu who i love and he's i've been to roundtables with him other chinese
0: makers I've heard so, him, come on
1: no i've, I've heard <laughs> him answer questions in roundtable format where he's not trying to read off a script and he's a really engaging and really sincere and earnest guy i like him yeah i think yeah. he's I a like terrible presenter though right yeah his english yeah. is not really that that great and so first of all, somebody needs to tell him, let's just hire a native English speaker or somebody who's close to a native English speaker to do these presentations. I, I think Xiaomi benefited so much from having Hugo Barra. Oh my God, it was so great. Yeah, I know. It's too bad it's, he's at Facebook now. Come yeah. on, Hugo. He he literally sold out to the devil. I, I am not hey. using a metaphor. He sold out to the devil.
0: I know so many, you know, I know people you could circuit Pebble that sold out to uh, to Facebook and on on the, uh, what's that cameras team? The, the, the Facebook portal? Yeah. That thing. So, so Facebook bought somebody and then... No, no, I'm saying that some people I know that worked with me at Pebble, I've moved on to that team. Oh, and I'm like, okay. they're doing some really cool like work on their stuff. But it's Facebook, you're in bed with the devil.
1: Yes, no, I, I know somebody who's a really smart guy as well. And he's one of Facebook's product managers on the VL side of things. Um, and I, I know that it's, it's a prestigious company to work for and really talented and intelligent people apply for it and to get paid handsomely but yeah it's it's the devil i don't believe in devils but whatever like i i lose at least a smidgen of respect for people who work there and i wouldn't have self-respect if i work for facebook
0: i would have a hard time taking a job at facebook honestly the the destructive
1: effects of that company's existence are just so apparent so obvious it's 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 like it's like an oil spill of attention Exactly. And it's constant. Let's pull it back a bit. I want to
0: talk, since we talked about uh, mm, pop-up selfie cameras, there's been a bunch of OnePlus leaks that really show what the phone will look like. Um, I think the leaks, so take them with a grain of salt, but I I think it's pretty accurate. They're case manufacturers, so they're probably pretty good. Um, And it's clearly showing uh, a pop-up selfie cam on the OnePlus 7 with a full screen display on the front. So it's kind of interesting to me because it means that uh well are we gonna have are we gonna have a phone that's definitely not waterproof this time you know that's the real question
1: <laughs> is that is that the question I, I think the question is when is wireless charging gonna arrive for this phone
0: <laughs> yes yes absolutely i mean look i'm excited about the OnePlus plus seven it's gonna be fun and and it's definitely more attainable to us here in the u.s than the oppo reno or the nokia x71 yeah uh etc etc um I also want to quickly touch on the Pixel 3a. That's another leak that happened in the last two weeks that we didn't talk about phones on the show. And And what is your take on that? It looks very, very clear that we might see this at Google I.O. or soon anyway, like some yeah. a Pixel 3a and 3a XL. I have big issues with that naming. Like, it's so confusing. Why not call them like Pixel
1: Light or whatever? Well, um, they're supposed to be basic pixels and I'm struggling with it because, like, first of all, I completely disagree with you saying that... Pixel 3 was outdated the moment it arrived, but I will Did you see that notch on the XL? Come on. Did did I see it? I, I've seen it every day for the past. It's in nine my mo- pocket. Uh, every day it makes my eyes bleed. I I get it. I, I still use the phone in spite of it. What, what I'm saying I use is the phone. What I'm saying is I just is I'm, trying I'm trying to come closer to your position. Maybe it's hardware. P-
0: what if? What if? What,
1: I'm what coming if I closer to your position in saying that even though I don't think the Pixel 3 was terrible on arrival, uh, I don't think it stood out in any way in terms of its design. I completely agree that the Pixel 3 XL notch is egregious and enormous. So, but at the same time, I, I say to myself, I like the software, for the most part, Google still needs to figure out its multitasking and gestures, but I love the camera and I accept the other compromises. So to me, the Pixel's design already is basic. So how do you take a phone that has that sort of compromise built into it and then do a light version. Like, what do you do? Do you cut away the camera? Because if you cut away the camera, I'm not interested. No, I don't think they're cutting away the camera. Okay, so, actually, this is actually what keeping I think the is happening camera, here.
0: What you, is happening here? If, if, Black, if you're keeping a camera, is,
1: you're at risk of actually improving on the Pixel 3 because as far as we know, it's going to have a headphone jack in there. Yeah, so exactly. So it's
0: really interesting. I think these, here's what's going to happen. We're going to get a camera that is close in terms of performance as the Pixel 3 and 3XL. And... We're gonna get a phone that's more accessible in price, has lower performance and specs in terms of CPU for sure and RAM. Although RAM, it's hard to do because four gigs yeah. of RAM on the Pixel Three and Three XL, I feel that pain every day. Um, but but we're gonna see a lesser processor, but we're gonna see the addition of headphone jack. And I think in many ways, look, maybe this is not a bad thing because look, Pixel cannot just be a high end product if Google wants to have a little bit more reach out there, which is a big question mark, I'm not sure they're really interested, but if they are for some reason interested in changing that, maybe the Pixel 3a and 3a XL are going to be the the heavy hitters for them from now on. You know, we'll buy the high-end one still, and then the rest of the world can, like India can have a Pixel 3a as a high-end phone.
1: Mm, That's an interesting thing. I mean, if they price it aggressively enough to make it into India, that makes it super interesting because... Like I say, most of what appears I mean, to be they me sell the P30
0: Pro in India, so you know, they could possibly send you know, it's
1: there's quite a lot like
0: it's quite a lot of range in what they sell in India because there's a lot of really rich people
1: there, too, right? Well, a- any place in the world that has a lot of really poor people is definitely going to have a lot of really rich ones, really well. rich people. Yeah, it's it's, Welcome it's to America. Of, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But I, the I, was, new America. I was more thinking of Russia and places like that. But no, yeah, no, I know you were, it's but I'm just of making a equality. slight at our regime right now.
0: Welcome to <laughs> yes. the new America. I, lo- I love that you're a calling kid. it a regime. Um, I, I, that's my word because, you know, I've, I've already lost a whole bunch of Trump voters on the podcast by, you know, by using that word. It's great. Um so um one phone we didn't talk about that has that 48 megapixel sensor as i told you like that thing that phone that sensor is a thing is a rumored Moto phone with four cameras so how about that
1: uh, I'm literally Oh no, you're really bored aren't you No I'm bored of Moto I, I I I do not have any more emotional bandwidth for Motorola um this is a company that has done really great uh industrial design like i've loved some of the moto z series it has managed to put great software great displays into its phones and it just seems to not give a damn about cameras so i don't care if they put- you don't even have you don't even have to mention this like i, I don't even want to spend more time talking about moto. yeah but i don't even care if they put some <laughs> sensors in there i i have no faith and i would love to be proven wrong but that's what I have to say about yeah, it. Yeah, no. I mean, let's see what happens. I, I
0: welcome more phones. The more phones, the better. Um, uh, speaking of Moto, though, uh, Verizon 5G is live in the US. They uh, pulled the launch uh, forward, like basically made it happen one week sooner. Um, and if, apparently, I'm not sure they, if they flew them or if they, you know, somehow a bunch of tech journalists ended up in, in Chicago. I asked to get one of those Moto Um, 5G mods for my Moto Z3 craptastic phone and asked them to, you know, fly me out to Chicago so I could try it out, but I didn't. Uh, so I don't know if they flew people or if people decided to go and then it became critical mass and a whole bunch of them came and Moto did something or Verizon did something. But the reality is some people, like the wonderful Sasha Segan of PC Mag got to test 5G for the first time on Verizon network with the crazy Moto mod adapter that's the only way right now to get 5G until the Galaxy S10 5G sells and the LG V50 sells in the US. So... The results are in that story, I will link it in the show notes. You should check it out because it was very interesting. And Sasha used some very hardcore, like really fact-based, data-based system to kind of gather the data for this. Uh, And I think that's really kind of interesting. So the takeaway is basically that when it works, it's pretty fast, but it's still not as fast as it should. That uploads are still handled by 4G LTE. That the uh, 5G indicator doesn't actually tell you when you have 5G signal, but it actually flashes when... Uh, the, the device is using 5G to transfer data, which it sounds like such a Verizon or Moto thing to do, right, Vlad? Like change what we're used to seeing on the indicators. Um, okay, so, Ugh, so first of all- So many problems all, here.
1: I, I do need to call you out. You said, uh, Sasha, used a data-driven system to gather the data. Um, and I'm sure he Yeah, did. I
0: know. I, 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 was, I couldn't, uh, there's a word that I used in my email to you <laughs> yesterday, and I can't even remember what word is that I used methodology was there you go that's exactly what i was trying to say so sasha's methodology was very data-driven very good very very interesting i thought it was nice that he actually like set up apps that would you know run in the background and gather positioning information and whether the you know do speed tests at a regular interval and stuff is really interesting
1: so yes this is this is the benefit of listening to podcasts we can actually edit ourselves as opposed to tweets where we're kind of stuck with whatever stupid typo we post Honestly, this one I probably won't care editing because whatever. No, you know, I I, fumble, I just it did happens. it. I
0: edited you live. Like this doesn't. You edited need to be me cut live, that's exactly. That's, so that's why, what I, I, why would I? Why would I even point. bother editing? Um, so so what is your take? I mean, like like of course I don't want another take on the modem mod. That's just a stepping yeah, yeah. stone. It's kind of silly. It's essentially a, a, an entire hotspot modem in a in a box that's grafted on the back of the phone well, and a mediocre phone at that. But it's just interesting to see the millimeter wave is what Verizon's pushing, and you literally have to be next to a mast
1: to really experience. that's it. I had this conversation uh, back at MWC in February, Motorola. Um, I met with them. Honestly, the conversation that I had with them, and I I met, I think it was the chief 5G engineer, and he'd show me the motor mode and uh, the bandwidth capabilities and so on. It it gave me a lot more faith than I had previously uh, as far as the pace of development for 5G. It's a funny thing because myself, and I, I think a lot of readers of The Verge and people in general, are very skeptical about 5G, and I love that. I love the fact that we don't need to tell people, no, 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 hold on. Don't listen to the marketing message. People have grown skeptical, not cynical, skeptical of the marketing messages from carriers and manufacturers and so on. And I don't, I don't hear anybody saying, oh my God, when can I get my first 5G phone? So thumbs up for that. But that conversation that I had with them, it really showed me the capabilities. Um, as you say, if you get into a good spot where you're connected uh, it's amazing, right? It's a massive yeah, step up from 5G. You mm-hmm. And it's super stable and so on, but you have to be in range of it. And I actually, you know, with millimeter wave, my issue is it has no uh, building penetration. It, it, like if there's a lamppost, that will probably disrupt the signal. So, you know, my concern with it was, and and I, you know, I, you know, I don't have much of a filter. So I just said to uh, the Motorola guys, but well, isn't this 5G millimeter wave Glorified Wi-Fi. Yeah, it pretty much is right because it actually operates at a higher frequency than Wi-Fi. So it it, it very it's that's what it is. And and they're like, yeah, but think about that. And when I say glorified Wi-Fi, yes, I'm being a bit mocking. But if you do have all of these access points dotted around the city, which these guys are determined to make happen, if you have them in every building and it's all around you, um. Basically, a city-wide Wi-Fi network which your phone can connect to, and if that's all five G is, and it won't be, you know, five G will grow. There'll be six giga, s- sucks? sub giga, six gigahertz, sub six, yes. sub six gigahertz, six, sub sub six, yeah, right. exactly. 5G. Low band, as they call it, yes, yeah, low band five G versus high band, and that will be much more familiar and much much more similar to four G. So, but even if all five G is is glorified Wi-Fi, but it gets you coverage everywhere. That's still going to be a massive upgrade. This is a tricky thing, though. I think the power consumptions eventually is going to be far lower than
0: Wi-Fi, though. The way it's architected, I think that's the other big thing t- you should take away. That's there, important too. Know?
1: But uh, this is the thing: if your promise is in like centrally dependent on just super wide coverage, super comprehensive coverage. And you, and you say to people, okay, we have five access points in these particular spots in Chicago, go and hunt them down like they're Pokemon hotspots. Yeah, basically, that's what it was. It was like a scavenger hunt for the deck journalists. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Chris yeah. Welch from us, he, he went over there um, to do the testing. And I think he had a GIF where he held the phone in his hand and it was showing 5G. And then he moved it back by, I don't know, 10 inches and then and it <laughs> switched out to 4G. Of, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's because the indicator doesn't actually show coverage and it shows that data is being downloaded and transferred. So you don't really ever know what's going on. Also, it says 5G UWB for ultra wideband. It's like, come on, uh, Verizon, you're so clever at coming out with stupid icons for your freaking signal stuff. Why don't you come up with something a little bit more exciting than 5G UWB? I I, I, kind of like that. Anyway, we should wrap it up. And uh, I want to I give you a chance to introduce uh, people to where they can find you on the internet, uh, Twitter and all that. So do you want to tell people where to find you? They really should know already. Come on. Um, they should, yeah. But, you know, you never know. There are the noobs out there and they never heard of the Vlad Savov, the great Vlad Savov. Well, Come if on, they, go.
1: if anybody knows about you and they don't know about me and they don't know about our love and friendship, they're they not keeping up. Yes, in any case... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Theverge.com website on the internet is where I write most of my stories and ideas. And when I steal any from you, they also go over there. It's perfect. I don't have to write stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I can be found on twitter.com slash I don't use Facebook. Um, I have, an, I have an Instagram account, which I've abandoned. So don't go there. Well, they, that's sad. I mean, I
0: don't blame you for abandoning. I get why. But it's like, it's... You take such great photos. It'd be nice to have them on Instagram.
1: Well, I put them all on Twitter. So n- nobody's okay, missing Twitter, out. Be- before I So publish- Twitter
0: is where it's
1: at. Yeah. Before I publish a review onto The Verge, because that's supposed to be the final, the, author- the authoritative, uh, the fully tested and verified conclusions, uh, I put my rough drafts onto Twitter. Um, I, my little joke is that tweets are my minimum viable product. There you go. I love that.
0: That's great. So you folks know where to find me. I'm at Tank Girl, T-N-K-G-R-L, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's like a com- the comic book, Tank Girl, but without the vowels. And... Uh you know, you can find some ramblings there and lots of photos. Um, and of course, there's a YouTube channel that goes with this podcast called YouTube.com slash Miriam It's my full name spelled out. If you wonder how you spell it out, just go to my Twitter and you'll see my name. And you can do MiriamJoar at the end of YouTube.com and you'll get to the channel. Uh, lots of unboxing, some hands-on, some interviews, some stuff, whatever I can. You know, it's extra content, basically. Since this is an audio podcast, you want some visuals, go to my Instagram, go to the YouTube channel. Um, most importantly, mobiletechpodcast.com is where the URL for the podcast is. If you stumble on the podcast, you don't know where the rest of the episodes are or whatever, you have the RSS feed right there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, TuneIn Radio, a bunch of other places. So you'll be it'll be easy to find mobile Tech Podcasts. I also want to thank our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com is the platform uh, for audiobooks. If you like to read, but for some reason you can't read books on paper or on e-ink on a Kindle or something. You know, you're driving all day, whatever it might be, you can subscribe to Audible and you'll get tons of books to choose from, to listen to. And more importantly, many of these books are read by the authors, which is kind of cool. If you, you know, if you like your authors, you can hear them speak to you in their own words. So uh, if you go in the show notes below, there is a link for you to support the podcast. If you sign up for Audible through that link, you get 30 days free trial, which is really nice. But more importantly, you support the podcast. So check it out. Uh, it's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's if you uh, don't want to look at the show notes and you're right there and you're ready to type in your browser. That's it, folks. We had a great show, Vlad. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was so great. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. Come back soon. We'll do a we'll do an audio episode. That's a, that sounds like something I want to do. What about you? Absolutely.
1: I can tell about all of my Odyssey uh Fascinations.
0: Okay, Odyssey Fascinations. Maybe that's what should be the title of the show. All right, folks, I'll catch you next week with another show and stay tuned until then. Cheers, everybody. Bye. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by WorldPodcasts.com. You can visit us online at MobileTechPodcast.com.